0: Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church Podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken, as much as the healing and thriving, because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Okay, either I don't hear well really bad, but good morning all of you over there. Good morning. Okay, I feel better about my life now. All right. Uh, good to have you with us if you're uh, first time with us today uh, I'm Jim Del Campo and I'm the senior pastor here and uh, we're a group of four churches now one in Mexico one in Harupa, one in Riverside this is the mother campus we have two Spanish ministries one here this meeting currently in our upper room in the back building and one at our Harupa Valley campus and we have that campus in Mexico Zacatecas so uh, we we thank you for being with us today Um, Before we get into our message, what I like to do is, um, I like us to learn a verse, and those of you are getting used to this now, and I'm hoping you memorize it, but if not, at least you learn uh, what the verse means, and we're in 1 Peter 3.15, if you would put that up on the screen, what I like to do is have you read it all together with me, then I take a piece out of there and explain it so you get more understanding of that verse. So here we go, everyone please read out loud with me, one, two, three, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. Okay, leave it on the screen there, would you, for me, Reggie? And um, we started with, you've got to sanctify Christ in your heart. In other words, you've got to make Him number one. You've got to surrender, so that nobody can talk you out of this, You know, and you know why you believe, you have the evidence for why you believe. And then you move toward we move toward the word ready, and it means to be prepared. You're always preparing yourself. But what are you preparing yourself for as a follower of Christ? To make a defense. And the word defense is the Greek word apologia. We get a word apologetics. That simply means to defend the faith, that you're able to answer the questions thrown at you for why you believe what you believe. But then it says to everyone who asks you, and here's where we're going to camp today and give you more information, understanding, to give to give an account. Say account. Now, the word account there is a very interesting word written by Peter, who was one of the 12 original apostles. It means a collection. And the idea of that word, though, if you go deeper into like what's called a Greek lexicon, you find out that it's a collection of thoughts. You gather your thoughts together, but not just to gather your thoughts together, because the, the ultimate goal is in that lexicon idea is that you, um, you verbalize these things. So when you you get to that point now, realize that as a follower of Christ, you need to be preparing, 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 organizing your thoughts in your head, you're collecting them on how to answer questions thrown at you to verbalize these things as you've collected them in your head and you're learning as months and years go by in your faith so you can answer the questions coming at you about how do you know God exists did Jesus really is there evidence that Jesus rose from the dead etc 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 does that make sense so far Okay, we'll leave it at that next week we'll finish up that verse because in two weeks we'll go to a new verse but in two weeks we're going to start a new series and that series as we pause acts because we have one more section of acts we'll do later on in the year but we're going to go to a series called um the final act and that begins the first sunday of march and what we're going to do there is we're going to take every day of the last week of jesus life before the resurrection the series will end on, on easter sunday with the resurrection message but we're going to start with each day. Every Sunday is the, a day of Jesus' last life. We'll begin with that first. When he's Sunday, he rides into Jerusalem. We know it as Palm Sunday. But that will start March 5th. And we're going to examine every step of the way. It should be a great series. And I hope you stay with us. And if you come to New Beginnings, know that you will learn your Bible. We want you to learn what God says from his word. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Now, today we're going to talk about, in Acts... And we're going to get to uh, Acts chapter 19 in a second, but um, we're going to talk about the power of the name of Jesus. How many know there's power in the name? Okay, now put the verse up on the screen. I want to start introducing this idea of the power in the name of Jesus in Acts 2. I'm sorry, in James 2:19. This is the half brother of Jesus who actually came to faith that his brother was God in the flesh and the Messiah. How could that have happened? Well, he saw his resurrected brother. And it says this, read it with me, one, two, three. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. Now the context of this is that Abraham is saying, James talking about Abraham, he says that Abraham would say, say, show me your faith, I'll show you by my actions. In other words, if I'm a true follower of Christ, I'm living it out. I'm doing things that follow suit with what I believe. Well, the demons, they believe that God exists. And they know who Jesus is. And because they do, they have an action too that proves their belief. They shake when they're around Jesus Christ. Now, I have a question for some of you. Have you ever mentioned the name of Jesus out loud and people get a little bit awkward? Raise your hand if that's true if you've ever had that happen. I've had it happen to me. It's very true. Why is that? Because Jesus is not dead. He's alive right now in there's true spiritual realm and in that spiritual realm, when you utter the name of Jesus in a crowd, it starts to shake and bake. Amen to that one? The demons, they shake at the name of Jesus. Now, I want you to think about the power of Jesus when it comes to the world of the demonic so Jesus one day he decides to take his disciples in a boat across the sea of Galilee they get to the other side and by the way a storm comes a very bad storm Jesus rebukes the storm and the way he talks to it you can tell that that storm has some kind of demonic entity to it the way Jesus speaks to it because the enemy's trying to sink Jesus in the sea of Galilee and the sea of Galilee is not a sea it's a, it's a big lake he gets to the other side. It's about a seven-mile cross in a boat 2,000 years ago. They get there, and there's a demon-possessed man on the other side. That's why Jesus is coming there. The demon-possessed man, we know him as Legion from the Bible, he runs up to Jesus when he sees Jesus come to shore. And the, the demon-possessed man, the demons speak, and, and they tell Jesus, it falls down, and says, what do I have to do with you? In other words, it means we have nothing in common, Jesus. What, what are you doing here? And then the demon goes on to say, I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. So the demon knows who Jesus is. He knows that he is the Messiah. He's God in the flesh because they've known each other. Jesus created angels. One third followed Satan and that's how you get demons. And if you don't believe there's evil in this world in the spiritual realm, look at all the destruction and lives broken around you. That's all the aftermath of all the war that we're in spiritually. Now, the demons begin to beg we take all the gospels and we take everything said in that story and we find out that the demons now are begging Jesus not to do something they're begging Jesus please do not cast us into the abyss the abyss is a bottomless pit you find it in revelation in the great seven year tribulation the last week of earth as we know it before Jesus returns on the second coming now at that so the demons don't want to go there those demons there right now that have been cast there, they will be there until that pit is open in the tribulation period and they will be pouring out wrath all upon humans who are alive at that time on earth. They don't want to go there. So Jesus, what does he do? The demons say, please don't send it there. So where does Jesus cast the demons into? He casts them into, into pigs. And that's the first case in history of deviled ham, if you've ever eaten any of that stuff. <laughs> that's that's so bad but I really enjoy doing stuff like that and so he casts the demons in the (laughs) and uh, it's an old preacher's joke guys and so the demons run over the cliff into the water and they die so you see the power that Jesus has over the demonic realm and if you're a follower of Christ you're in Jesus and one day Jesus said to his followers he said in my name you will cast out demons. And so you and I, as a follower of Christ, if you have confessed faith and you've surrendered to Him, and we'll define that as we go along, you walk in the power of God. You walk in this Jesus Christ, and that name carries a lot of power. So here's what we're going to do today as we look at the power in the name of Jesus. We're going to go to Acts chapter 19, if you would turn there please in your Bible, um, and then once we build the case and build the, the event in history for you, give you a good understanding of it, then I'm going to give you two points. The first point is going to be rather lengthy, and the last point will be a little bit more brief, and then we'll take you home on this whole idea right here. So, Acts chapter 19, we're going to go through the first 12 verses, and let me explain uh, what's going on here. Here we go, verse 1. It happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. Now, Ephesus, let me give you a brief thing about it now, then I'll really go in detail later in point two. Ephesus, modern day Turkey, and there they have this temple to this goddess Diana, that's the Roman side of it, also called Artemis, that's the Greek side of it. Um, this is one, this massive temple, this is one of the seven ancient wonders of the world. It's in Ephesus. Now, so he's come to this city right here. There are disciples there. We know from verse seven, you'll see in a bit, there are 12 of them. Verse two, he said to them, did you uh, receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, no, we haven't even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul now realizes by the questioning There's a spiritual deficiency here. There's something not right. They don't have a full understanding. And we find out they don't even know who Jesus is. So they're not saved. They're disciples of somebody else. Watch this. Verse 3, and he said, into what then were you baptized? Great question. And they said, into John's uh, baptism. So he finally finds out from them that they're baptized into the baptism of John the Baptist that's a repentance and a pointer baptism you repent of your sins but it points you to the Messiah to come doesn't save you one bit there's no regeneration there to salvation at all let's read on verse 4 Paul said John baptized with the baptism of repentance telling the people to believe in him who is coming after him that is in Jesus now he introduces Jesus Christ whom they need to come to faith in now watch verse 5 when they heard this They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when they laid his hands, when he laid his hands upon them, uh, the Holy Spirit came on them. Notice on them, because once they believe he's in them, on them, and they believed, uh, and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. There were in all about 12 men. Let me explain this now. They weren't Christians. They were in the baptism of John the Baptist. It points them to Jesus. Now Paul explains it way better, and now it says that they hear about Jesus, and faith cometh by. Hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So now they come to faith in Jesus. And the moment they come to faith in Jesus, they get water baptized, which is your proper first step. Everybody should once you come to faith in Jesus. You say, I got baptized as a baby. So did I, but that was for my parents. When I became an adult put my faith in Jesus, the baptism was for me and Jesus. Amen to that one? And then from there, now that they're born again, they got the Spirit in them, now it says Paul lays hands on them, and the Holy Spirit comes upon them, comes on them. That's the empowering of the Spirit of God. That we find all through the book of Acts, and this is what you need to be empowered to go out there and with boldness face this world and and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And as he lays his hands on them, they receive the power. It says they begin to speak in tongues. Now, what is this speaking in tongues stuff? We've seen it many times in Acts. The early church, they practiced this. Paul even said, I'm glad that I speak in tongues more than you all, and that I wish you all spoke in tongues. Tongues is supernaturally natural. It's a very, very simple thing. But what is it good for? Let me tell you. It is a supernatural way to pray beyond your understanding. Why is that important? Raise your hand if this is not true for you and me. Have you ever, ever faced a situation where you did not know how to pray. Raise your hand if that's true. You just didn't know how to pray for the situation. Well, the rest of you knew all, every time, how to pray for a situation. Okay, if how many have faced a situation you didn't know how to pray for it? Raise your hand. Come on, be honest. Okay, good. When you speak in tongues, you pray and the Spirit prays through you and it prays properly when you don't know how to pray for a situation. You think that's beneficial? I think it's very beneficial. Now, tongues also, huge personally, Small corporately. If somebody prays out in a tongue in a service, there better be an interpretation, or else it's a waste of time. But personally, I can pray all day long by myself in tongues because I know something about that that Paul said. He said it's one of the great tools that builds me up spiritually. How many of you in this room need to be built up like me spiritually every day any which way you can? Amen. So now you've got all these benefits to it, and you can have it. Just say, God, baptize me in the Holy Spirit power and begin to speak in this language you've never spoken. You can say, oh, I don't know what it is. Just speak it. It will come out. Just trust God. Now, let's move on to verse 8 and he entered the synagogue and continued speaking out boldly for three months reasoning and that reasoning is always he's dialoguing he's answering questions as they give them to him persuading them about the kingdom of God so he's going at it for three months Paul is he's bold he's baptizing the Holy Spirit power But when some were becoming hardened, and there'll always be people that oppose you. Any amens? And disobedient, speaking evil of the way before the people. How many of you have ever had people speak evil of Christianity right at you? There it is, right there. We could go. We could do a whole message on that one. He withdrew from them and took away the disciples. Reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus, So he pulls away from the opposers who are talking bad of Christianity and he goes to this lecture hall and he begins to teach there so people can come to him there. So he's left the synagogue. This took place for two years. Two years he's doing this, guys, in Ephesus. So that all who lived in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul so miracles are happening through Paul verse 12 now here's where is the first weird section of chapter 19 so that handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried from his body to the sick and diseases left them and the evil spirits went out how many know that's kind of strange raise your hand if you know that's kind of strange Okay, so let me, let, me try to, let me give it a shot. What's going on here? Well, Paul, he's a tent maker by trade. All rabbis had to learn some kind of trade. In the morning, in that culture, they would work. In the afternoon, for about five hours, they'd take their break. Then they'd come back for, and it's called split shift nowadays. Then you work in the evening. In between those, this morning and evening, Paul would go teach in the lecture hall while he's working he would wear a headband that's the handkerchief and he'd wear an apron he would sweat when he didn't have it on people would come and take those pieces because they saw miracles happening through Paul they take those headbands and the aprons and they go lay it on people and and people's diseases were healed and demon spirits left were cast out then they probably brought the pieces back and gave it to Paul so he could continue to work that's strange what's going on here? Let me try to explain what scholars tell us and I, and I agree with agree. I'm going to give you two ways to look at it. Both possibly um, uh, uh, could be true. The first one is this. This is a very superstitious area as we're going to see in point two. And so this is where the people are at. How many of you when you became a Christian there was still a lot of old baggage in your life? Raise your hand. You didn't leave everything right away. And neither do they. And neither did I so there's things that's still in their life and one of them is superstition and so they're taking these things and they are putting it on people superstitiously but in God's eyes that's just where they're at and people are getting healed and demons are being cast out but God even though we start with these superstitions God wants us to grow up and leave those ways behind because the power is not in the headband of the apron the power is in God amen so you gotta grow up you gotta leave the stuff behind that's one way now let me explain why that's important how many of you have been saved for like 40 years you were saved in the 80's raise your hand raise your, okay how many of you raise your hand you remember the days when preachers would mail you an envelope with maybe a sock in it they would tell you to put the sock on they would tell you to put it on and take a step of faith for what you're believing for then you take the sock off, put it in the envelope, and put a check for $25, $50, $100, or $1,000 in the envelope. How many remember that? Yeah, you remember those days? Yeah. Then you mail it back to them. Right? I always thought to myself, why don't the reverse be true if they believe that? Why don't you send me $1,000, and you believe for $2,000, you know? Right? That makes more sense. But anyway they were doing that and people were falling for those things I'm sharing with you right now don't ever do that don't if that ever comes back don't do it because they're following this pattern here but that's only because people's faith is very shallow and it's very superstitious let me give you another possibility of what's going on here remember when Moses goes to deliver the people God says your staff and that staff remember it turns into this and God uses that that it's like these handkerchiefs it's just a symbol there's no power in the staff. There's no power in the handkerchief. There's no power in the apron. The powers of God, amen? And never forget that. So hopefully that makes sense. So here we go. Two points. The power in the name of Jesus. Number one, posers have no power. Say that with me. One, two, three. Posers have no power. Sounds so good. So good, so good. Say it again. One, two, three. Posers, posers have no power. I like that. Now let's watch. Now watch, 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 watch. Remember that earlier in the chapter, did we see the real? Say yes. We saw these twelve guys come to faith, get water baptized, empowered by the Spirit, and they're speaking. To them. So you see the real. And now we're going to see the posers. Doctor Luke, the writer of this, as he walks with the guys, he's he's jotting all this down. He's taking inventory to give it to us. Now watch the posers. It's another weird story in the book of Acts, but it is so true. So true. It's a true event. Verses 13 through 16, watch this. But also, some of the Jewish exorcists who went from place to place attempted to name over those who had the evil spirits, by the way, They're going to try to cast out demons. Why? Because in your Bibles, back at verse 12, evil spirits are being cast out by the stuff they're taking from Paul. So now they're going to give it a shot. So they go from place to place. Verse 13. Attempting to name over those who had the evil spirits, demon-possessed people, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, here's what they're saying, I adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches, seven sons of one Sceva, so there's these seven sons of this priest named Sceva, a Jewish high priest. We're doing this, so they're trying to cast out a demon. And the evil spirit answered and said, "Now the evil spirit's going to talk. Here's what he says: I recognize. No, that's not the way he talks. <laughs> You've been watching too many movies, okay? I recognize um, Jesus, and I know about Paul." but who are you? Can you imagine if you're one of those seven guys right now and the demon says, you know, I have no clue who you think you are or what you are. I'd be kind of shaken right there. Verse 16, and the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them and subdued all of them and overpowered them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. He strips them. He beats them. And they run out, you know, weep, 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 you know or whatever they do. <laughs> That's a Three Stooges, by the way, right there. For those of you who are a little bit older, like right here. Okay, now, let me show you something. You guys want to see something? Okay, when, when, the, when they say to the demon possessed man in verse 13, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Move, to, uh, move to verse 15 when the evil spirit speaks to them and says to them I recognize Jesus remember the word recognize and I know remember the word know K-N-O-W I know about Paul but who are you? now when the demon says I recognize Jesus it's a Greek word in Spanish we say conosco. it's to know you know somebody but it goes deeper than that because it's the same word that Mary uses when the angel tells her she's going to be impregnated with, by the Holy Spirit to carry the Messiah and she's never been married and she's never had sex she says how is this possible for I know no man she is saying I've never had any intimate sexual relationship with a man that's that word same word right there so the demon is saying we know Jesus very intimately we know him and then they shift and they say and we know Paul K-N-O-W and what it means right there is they've they've heard about him they're acquainted with who he is how would these demons know about Paul I guarantee you when Paul was in other areas and Paul's doing miracles and casting out demons and people are coming to Jesus all those demons got direct they direct message to these demons in Ephesus amen to that one and they're telling this guy Paul the moment he gets up in the morning it's like oh my gosh he's awake get out of town because here he is man here comes Paul now Here's the deal. when the demon says, but who are you? They're posers, and posers have no power. Okay, good, 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 good. Okay, let me make sure I get this right. Okay. How many of you saw the article or heard about it two to three weeks ago in Virginia about the girls' high school basketball coach who posed as one of the students? Okay. She poses. Here's what she does. Here's what she does. She puts on the uniform. She plays in the game. She acts like one of the students. And she got caught because she's not 15 years old. She's 22. And so she gets caught. Now, she was a poser, okay? She posed. She got exposed. And she got disposed. These posers in the story here they, they posed, they got exposed, and they got disposed by the demon, correct? Because why? Because they're trying to use the name of Jesus, but it doesn't work that way. Question. Be honest, you're in church. <laughs> How many of you, let me say the whole thing. In high school, you got really good at forging one of your parents' names God, slow down okay let me finish all right and you would forge that name on a note and go to the attendance office because you came in later didn't feel like getting earlier and you would, you would how many did that like me raise your hand I mean you had it down right you could take out a loan but you were so good at that. am I right I did that all through high school I got so good at writing Claudia Del Campo I could write it just like her and they never knew. In, they never knew. But here's the deal I can pull it over the wool over their eyes in the physical in high school, but I can't pull it the wool over the eyes of any demons in the spiritual realm. And these guys are posing, and they're not the real deal and they're trying to act like the real deal now here's one of our first lessons we learn from this it's very important listen closely because our society is falling apart because they don't get this anymore It's, it's a lost thing but it's true it's in your notes you don't have to fill it in put it up there for me guys the key truth if I'm not under authority I have no authority did you hear that? say it with me if I'm not under authority I have no authority it's true everywhere. If you're a manager at your job, you are under the authority of the owner or somebody. Am I correct? And as long as you obey that owner and what he wants, you have authority now over the people underneath you. Am I right? Yeah. Me, I'm an ordained Assemblies of God minister. There is a Southern California network network of the Assemblies of God in Costa Mesa. I am under the authority there. I submitted there. They are under the authority of Springfield Assemblies of God, which is over the whole United States. As long as I'm under the authority over there, I have, as the senior pastor here on this campus, Harupa, Riverside, I am the authority over all the campuses, over all the pastors. They have to do what I say and I can just wave my right hand and let it be so. Is that awesome or what? You don't think it's awesome? I think it's great. And that's always been my joke for decades. I just wave my right arm. And I always joke around like that. But if I did not obey, if I did not submit, I'm not under authority, then I have no authority. If you play in a sports team and you don't listen to the coach, what's the coach gonna do? He's gonna bench you. They ain't going do that anymore in pro sports. It don't happen anymore Just be honest with you They're not going to do that But that should happen Because if you're not under authority You have no authority It's everywhere in your life My friends Without that Society falls apart Your family falls apart It's just a fact of life Now watch this This is my favorite part now Okay check it out You need your Bible Look at verse 5 Now watch what's going on here. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the what? Louder. No, verse 5, in the name of the what? Lord Jesus. Jesus. Say, "Lord Lord Jesus. Good, you're following me. Now look at verse 17. This became known to all, both Jews and Greeks, who lived in Ephesus, and fear fell upon them all in the name of the... Lord Jesus was being magnified so you find Lord Jesus you find Lord Jesus now watch verse 13 Dr. Luke is writing but also some of the Jewish exorcists who went from place to place attempted to name over those who had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus that's Luke writing that who's a follower of Christ but now he's going to tell you what these seven guys trying to cast out a demon what they said They said, I adjure you by, by, did they say Lord? Isn't that funny? Isn't that interesting? They don't say Lord. They just say Jesus. That's all they say. Now watch this. Verse 15. Watch with the evil spirits as the demon says. And the evil spirit answered and said to them, I recognize Do they say Lord Jesus? No, just Jesus. Now you find the real and the poser. Am I right? Now you find out why they have no authority because Jesus is not their Lord. Correct? Okay. When they say to the demon, they say, I adjure you by Jesus. They don't say Lord. They don't say that whatsoever. In other words, what they're doing is this. Question. Is Jesus a common name in that day? Yes. Say yes. very common. In fact, so common that when Pilate, when Jesus standing in trial before Pilate, if you watch the terminology in John's Gospel, you realize that it's highly likely that um, I'm sorry, that, that Barabbas, when they bring him up, that Barabbas' first name is Jesus. It's interesting. I don't have time to explain on that, but it's interesting. Jesus is a very common name. So Pilate calls this one Jesus. He calls this one who is called Barabbas. It's very common. So when these, these exorcists try to cast out the demon and just say Jesus, what they're doing is they've made the name of Jesus common, just like every other name. Can you do that? Oh, no, you can't. Oh, no, you can't. Let me give you this one. Here's what they're doing. How many of you watch that show Alone? You ever watch Alone? Raise your hand if you watch I, I just got to know who watches alone. I got to know who watches good TV. I love that show. Because they're, they're put out there and they're alone, okay? They have to survive. My kids say I'd last about an hour out there. I told them two hours. No. I think I could last a week. I would die after that because I don't know how to hunt, okay? So I'd be dead. So after a week, i call my i take me home. I got to get me a Freddy's burger, man. I got to get out of here. I'm starving to death. This one girl on the show, I think it was, one. Of the, I shouldn't know it so well, but season seven, I think. She finds a real life rabbit's foot. Just a foot. She goes, oh, I got a rabbit's foot. I got luck. Now I'm going to have so much luck. And a lot of the people on that show, they're like, they worship nature. It's just weird. But I like the show because they have to survive. And she's saying, I got a rabbit's foot. It's going to give me luck. Look, like, it ain't going to give you any luck. It's a dead foot, Okay. <laughs> sorry to spoil that for somebody here but Jim my whole room's filled with them <laughs> okay <laughs> when the seven guys say I adjure you by Jesus they're trying to make Jesus into a lucky rabbit's foot the same way in the Old Testament the Jews pushed the Ark of the Covenant forward against the Philistines to use it as some lucky charm and it got taken by the Philistines and they got beat bad. You can't use Jesus as some lucky charm in your life. They're just saying Jesus. Here's the problem. How many of you notice I brought up an extension cord? We're going to raffle this off later. I know you want it. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. See, this part here I plug my device into. Correct? and this side has to be plugged into the wall correct to get power correct the problem with these guys is they're plugged into this side but this is not plugged in to any power because they're just saying I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches a lot of Christians that way not plugged in haven't surrendered you know how many Christians I run into that tell me certain things to justify noble sound answers why they don't have to do these things I think what are you reading haven't surrendered don't need a fellowship they have all the good answers but they're all lies that they believe but they're not plugged into the power and that's what the problem is with these guys I'm going to give you two 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 things you got to think about and I thought about this and I thought about this and My notes are so scribbled upon. I had so many things that I had to eliminate some stuff. Okay, you got to plug into the power. As a follower, if you're a follower of Christ, I mean, you're you're living it, man. Why is it some of us say, "Oh, the devil's out to get me"? You know, here I go. Just shut up. No, really. Who's stronger, God or the devil? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Don't say that anymore. You know, I'm not, this is, I, I'm not even making this up. One time back in the late 80s, I was a, a student ministries pastor at another church before I started this church and me and some pastors were together and this person, we saw them and they were like all frantic go, and this is what they said. They go, I was at 7-Eleven and the devil tried to push a Slurpee machine over on some people. I go, the devil went to get a Slurpee? Right? But they really believe it. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what are are we doing here? You know, and I'm sorry if you think that, but it's just, no, 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 no. It should be when you wake up in the morning, the devil should say, oh no, he he or she's awake. Oh no. But let me give you another one. Let me go back to uh, my trusty cable. You're not plugged in. You show up once every, three, four months, six months, a year, whatever you do. You know, fellowship. You don't tithe. You don't serve. You do nothing. You don't read your Bible. You do nothing. And then something goes wrong. Jesus! Jesus! Well, you got this. But you ain't got that. You ain't got that you got no power you're not plugged in to anything of Jesus just, he's just your lucky rabbit's foot because you know that once life is good again meep meep and you're gone and you know it and you know it that's why your Christianity is always stuck because you become what you're committed to and if you're not committed to him you're just going to become that thing another non-committal See, there's power in the name of Jesus when you're under the authority of Jesus, when you surrender to Him, when He's the Lord of your life and nothing less than that. Amen? Okay, let me, let me, let me drive it home. This last point. Point two. The name of the Lord Jesus transforms lives. Now, let me explain now Ephesus... Let me give you the wide picture of this city because you've got to understand what's going on. They got the temple at that time. It was built 800 B.C. Diana of the Romans, Artemis and the Greeks. It's the same thing. Big old statue in there. Big old temple. One of the seven ancient wonders of the world. That is no longer existing. They did find a statue of her. And here's what it looked like. Here's the way it was carved. Around the neck... It had the signs of the Zodiac. In other words, that city was deep into astrology. If you're into astrology, stop it now. If you're into tarot cards, mediums, palm reading, any of that stuff, stop it now. Because you do not get your direction from any of the dark arts. You get it from God and the Holy Spirit. Amen? You don't need anything else. Now and you may say oh but Jim I went to a, a medium and they said oh my aunt Emma from 1825 spoke and, and you know she said this and that's true because I remember my grandma telling me this is really you don't think that a demon lived back then and can tell things into the future same place whispered into a medium's ear to say that to you, you don't think that come on man open your eyes The Bible condemns everything I said and more, all these dark arts practices in the Old Testament. Condemns them all. Condemns them all. The statue they found of her. It also had a bunch of breasts all over it and bull testicles hanging from it. That's the kind of girl you want to bring home to mama, huh? (laughs) That was so bad. That was terrible, man. Bad Jim, bad Jim you'll get more of that as I get older I'm sorry guys because I just don't care anymore (laughs) Um, but she was this Artemis Diana was the goddess of fertility magic and astrology Ephesus was a center of the occult uh, superstition the dark arts that's why there's so much demon possession there because of superstition they open themselves up to it now watch this 17 and 20. Now watch this as Paul drives his his jeep right into that place. He don't run away from, oh, I gotta find a bunch of conservatives. Oh, shut up. (laughs) Go find some lost people. Verse 17. This became known to all, both Jews and Greeks. So they all heard about it who lived in Ephesus and fear fell upon them all and the name of the Lord Jesus is being magnified. So they've heard Paul's stuff is captured on demons. The seven sons, they got beat down by demons. Many also of those who had believed, now the believers are mentioned, kept coming, confessing and disclosing their practices. What practices? And many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and began burning them in the sight of everyone and they counted up the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So they're burning up all their magic stuff, all their superstition. They're burning it all up. Verse 20. So the word of the Lord was growing mightily and prevailing. Whoa. Transformation of life. A place being turned upside down. Here's what's going on. Watch so all this is going on and they start burning for the Lord Jesus Christ right and because they're burning for the Lord Jesus Christ they start burning up all their old junk of their life right and because they do that now they are burning for the word of God right did you guys catch that should I do it again or did you no tell me if you caught it or not you caught it okay good okay. and people's lives are changing so why aren't we burning for that let me tell you why there's a reason why not the only one let's just say that I'm working and my wife texts me she says Jim I'm making you one of your favorite meals and right now it is my favorite it could ship but it's my favorite I'm making you deep fried ground beef tacos I know right (laughs) and I got the guacamole I made it fresh Haas avocados and the salsa. I made it. How many of you? my mouth is watering. Anybody here? It's watering. And she made it for me this last Wednesday because she's an obedient wife. <laughs> Let me do a reverse bad, okay? <laughs> so, but let's say when I leave work, I go, you know, a Slurpee sounds real good. And what's the real big whatever what do they call that? Gold. At 7 of the biggest thing. Big gulp. Okay. I get a Big O slurpee, and I start sucking down that thing, and I, right here at 7 them. and I pull out of the parking lot, and I go, oh, the donut shop's still open. <laughs> so I go across the street, and I go get myself, I like the, the buttermilk, but with maple on top, because maple, I love maple. And then I get a maple bar, because did I tell you I like maple? And then so I like and then I thought, wow, I like apple fritters too and I get an apple fruit and I like them real crispy on the sides. It's crispy, crispy, so good. And I sit in the parking lot and I eat them all, all three of them, sucking down the Slurpee still. So when I get on River Roy, I start driving, and I go, you know what? A big bag of Cheetos sounds real good. I turn around go down to that New Stater's down the road here. I go inside there, I'm walking down there, I find them. I like the puffy ones. So I get the big bag, I go outside in my car and I down the whole bag in the parking lot sucking down the Slurpee. And I'm feeling really good about myself. So I get in the car, and I'm driving down river to go home, and I go, you know what? They had those Hostess cupcakes in Stater's. How many of you remember from my generation, the Hostess cupcakes, chocolate on top with a little white swirl across the middle? Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. That means they're old. That's all that means right there. Okay. <laughs> and I go back in, they, they, the two-pack, remember the two-pack? I go back in, and I get one, two, three, two-packs. And I get in my my car and I down them all sucking down on the Slurpee. And so if I decide I'm going to drive home now, I'm going home. And I drive home. And I get home. I walk in the door. Now, except for a few of you gluttons in the audience. I'm just joking. I had to preface it that way. I come in. Olivia has my... She goes, here's your tacos. Here's the guacamole. Here's the salsa. Would I be hungry for that stuff? No. Not at all. She goes, why do you want to eat? I go, uh... (laughs) She goes, you stopped and ate all that junk? I go, uh, yeah. She goes, I I could see the orange right here from the (laughs) cheetah. See, because I filled up on junk. So I'm not going to eat the good stuff. When you burn for Jesus and make him Lord Jesus then you'll burn up all the junk from the past that you used to be involved in in your life. Now there's room to burn for the word of God. Does that make sense? Because that's what happened. Because that's what happened. And that's what the Christian church has to get back to. We can't burn for the junk. Because if we burn for the junk we'll never burn for the word. If we don't burn for the word then we'll never live a transformed life and we'll never change anything around us because we'll live just like the culture and we can't do that see some of us have never placed our faith in Jesus some of us have never proclaimed that he is God in the flesh well Jim I don't really I don't believe there, there, I'm an atheist I don't believe there is a God wait a minute so you science has already pointed towards the existence of God science not Jim but science and you're telling me then you can look at this universe, and it's so finely tuned to for life, for you and me, that you think this supposedly mindless, unguided, random universe just happened to create all these things so we could be sustained on this planet. really? See the exit sign? That sign is there because somebody with a mind thought that up, put it together. There's a language that can be understood. You would absolutely say there's some human with a mind behind that that created these things. Right, but you look at a universe and look at this, this earth and see everything that's created for us fine-tuned to life and you go, oh, it's random, it's mindless, it just happened. Oh, but that didn't just happen. Are you kidding me? Just that proves there's a God. And that God came to earth. Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, historical fact. And He went to a cross and He carried your sins in mine. Because you and I have a big dilemma sin. We're all sinners, everybody is. And sin is so ugly in the eyes of God that it'll condemn me to hell. But Jesus said, I'll fix that. I'll go die on a cross, I'll carry your sins, I'll shed my blood to forgive you of for your sins and he did and he rose from the dead to give us new life but it's not automatic you gotta put your faith in him you gotta make him the Lord Jesus and surrender and plug in to the power you gotta do that and I'm gonna give you an opportunity to do that some of you have never done that or maybe you backslid you walked away and you're not plugged in to the power you gotta get back in you can't play anymore There's too much at stake. Society needs you to be on fire. It needs you to burn for God. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to put your faith in Jesus or if you need to rededicate your life, because you know you're not plugged in. You know, you just know. So I want you to close your eyes. No moving around, please. Don't bother anybody next to you. Just no moving around. this This is eternity at stake. If you'd like to place your faith in Jesus Christ or rededicate your life, I want you right where you're sitting to, as a sign between you, me, and God to open up your eyes and look up at me here and I'm going to look back at you and when our eyes meet you can open them up but do it right now. God bless you. 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 Now, those who looked up at me, I'm going to say a prayer. You, I want you to repeat it out loud after me. Everyone here is going to say it with you out loud. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Jesus died openly naked for you on a cross, taking your sins. Do not be ashamed of him. As you say this prayer and repeat it, understand you need to believe in him as the only God. There is no other. He came to save you from your sins. He is the Messiah. And you're going to follow him now. This is not optional so repeat after me everyone say it with them here we go thank you Jesus for loving me so much that you would die for me on a cross for shedding your blood to forgive me of my sins forgive me Lord of my sins today I choose to follow you for the rest of my life I surrender you are my Lord Jesus thank you for saving me now let me pray for you God I pray for everyone who looked up friend please follow up for the rest of your life because your eternity is at stake follow Jesus get a Bible start to read it New Testament stay right there Two years. If you don't have one in the lobby, the welcome center, they'll give you a free one. Just go get it. If you want somebody to talk with you or pray with you on that tomorrow after right after service, they'll be there for you in the corner. People there to talk with you, You pray with you. But follow Jesus. But follow Jesus. Oh Lord, thank you, God. For this day in Jesus' name, we pray, and we all say, Amen. Amen and amen. Stand up with me, everybody repeat after me here we go Lord keep me outward focused and fill me with your spirit give me the boldness to share the gospel with others open up opportunities to minister outside the church because I see what I'm looking for and make me into a generous person like you Hey, God bless you guys. You have a physical offering. You can drop it in the boxes at those doors. Have a great rest of your day. God bless you. If you need prayer or dedicated your life to Christ, please reach out to us on our social media on Facebook and Instagram at NBCCNorco or email us at hello at NBCC.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe to this podcast.